welcome to a bonus episode of Neither the Time Nor the Space. My name is Matt. Um, David's not with me at the moment as I'm recording this on the 21st of March this year. Um, after last Christmas, where we were insanely busy and kept recording all the way through the holidays, we made a decision that that wasn't going to be the case this year. So what we have done is edited together a compilation of our definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Um, this first part covers A to H. It starts in episode 165, that was from the 15th of January this year, um, Spyfall Part 2, where we discussed our plans for new features in the pod. And it ends in episode 173, um, which is where we looked at the Timeless Children from March the 12th. So, as I say, what we've done is cut each of the A to Z bits. So you start with A, this is going to work through till H. There'll be another episode, um, roughly eight portions, and then another one just to tie these together. Um, so there might even be a super cut, but that'll be about six hours long. Hopefully you enjoy. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all the best, and I will speak to you soon. Um, what was your suggestion then, Matt? Right, well, back over the last 12 months, David, whenever I write my notes, I have a set format. Yes. Um, I don't know how often you've actually seen my notes, but... Often enough. Title of the episode in the middle. Yeah. Episode number and series number beneath it. Date of release beneath that. Top right of the page is where I put the writer and director. But then top left of the page is where I have my little tick list. Right. For the pod. So, for example, I've got one here that says MOTW. Mm -hmm. That's the initials of Meal of the Week. WBQ, Wheelie Big Quiz. You know, so I would write initials. Yeah. Although here it says Fox. I don't know what that stands for. <laughs> oh, it's because I told you about that Fox that my mother-in-law oh. gave us. Yeah. Right? But, like, for example, here it says MOTW Soup. That's when Soup was my Meal of the Week. Yeah. So I'm going to read you the new initials to see if you can work this out. Okay. N-T-T-N-T-S-A-T-Z-O-D-W. Okay, so the first part is neither the time nor the space. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I do recognise the initials of our own podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so what was after that? A-T-Z-O-D-W. At the zoo on... Dinosaur wings. Right. Well, I thought this me. year, David, we would put to together the comprehensive Neither the Time Nor the Space A to Z of Doctor Who. Ah. Okay. Why did I get so, DW will be Doctor Who? Yeah. It's only been three years, mate. So, I thought we could maybe start this next week because that okay. gives you a bit of time to gather your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because I thought it's focused, it's Doctor Who. Yeah. It's got a bit of longevity, because we can do every letter of the alphabet, but it's, you know, finite. We're not going to be doing this forever. Yeah. Okay. 
And each week, so next week, we'll start with A, obviously. Yeah. And I just want you to tell me your favourite thing about Doctor Who, starting with A. Oh, I'll have to have a really big think about that, Matt. David, his, his surname starts with A as well. It's Anthony Ainley. He's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. You really are smitten, aren't you, Matt? David, I've got a picture of him on my phone that I just look at sometimes. <laughs> Is your wife aware of this? Uh, no, because I've got, you know, I've got like nice pictures of me and my wife mm -hmm. and, you know, different things. But then, yeah, just like a nice picture of Anthony Ainley. Mm. Have you, do you do that, do you do that thing of, uh, that some couples do of like, you know, um, you, where you have certain celebrities on a list of, um, like a sort I, I forget what what's the term there's a term for it isn't there that people yeah I, I know what you mean yeah yeah um, but anyway so Where, is she aware you know, and you're, you're allowed extra marital relationships yes exactly a list of set celebrities yeah and so one do you do that and uh, two if you do is she aware that Anthony Ainley has shot to the top of your list I don't know, she doesn't really, like, listen to me when I tell her stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, she'll she'll occasionally ask me, like, what's for lunch, and I'll tell her. But then when I'm like, oh, have you checked this guy out? He played the master, and mm. I just think he's beautiful. And she'll just be like, uh, have you got anything on after work today? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. No, like... This is just one aspect of my life. I don't think she has any interest in, but... That's fair enough. It's a perfectly reasonable response. My partner's much the same. Yeah. Yeah. But at least we've got each other, hey? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, like I say, just every week, we'll just prepare maybe like a five... Because I'm sure yours will be things that I'm probably unaware of. Potentially. You know, like, if we go for A, you might go, oh, this is uh, Adam John, and he was the director mm. in 1962, blah 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I have two on my list. Anthony <laughs> Ainley and Amy Pond. I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, I'm surprised you're not thinking about Absorbaloff. Oh, yeah. I'll just add that. There's three on the list. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought week by week, because then... It gives us little talking points. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a dry week, if I haven't fallen down the stairs or anything. And then we'll just have a little topic of chat. Yeah, lovely. Looking forward to it. Um, so that'll start... You say that week. now. You used to say that about Meal of the Week. Then you told it outstayed its welcome. I mean, You were clambering did. for the end of Would I Lie to Who. Uh, um, well, but, but as you say, this is finite. Yeah. We get from A to Z and we're done. So that's. I don't know nice. exactly when 26 weeks away is. Will it lead us all the way up to Wheelie Big Quiz? I doubt it. Uh, probably not all the way, but a good good chunk of the way. I think it'll, it'll certainly see us through the remainder of our Whitaker era reviews. Uh, it will be. Huh, 26. It'll be the 9th of July. For some reason, it said that will be the 8th of January, 2022. I was like, that is a year away. That's miles away. 
And then I was like, oh, that's today. <laughs> it is. It was like, I, I listened back when I was editing last week and I was like, oh, it's 2020 this episode came out. We're within a year. And I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. Like, yeah. But anyway, no. we've, got ex- we've got exciting new segments. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Doctor Who related ones, you know. Yeah. They can't complain too much. Uh, which one are we going for first this week? We Ooh. haven't established an order like we had last week. Like we last haven't. Year, sorry, we haven't. Um, should we do the Should we do the alphabet one? Because I've, I've I've it's been nice. I've done a, a bit of actual thinking about this all through the week. Um, so does it have an official title? This segment. Uh, it's the neither the time nor the space definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Oh, excellent. Just I mean, rolls I, off the tongue, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And uh, presumably this is going to be our first Christmas tie-in book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, David. Yes, hello. I, I was worried that I was going to overlook an obvious choice for A mm. for this week. Right. So I did put a message out on Twitter saying, what would other people say? Do you want to hear it? <sighs> I mean... It's technically a different segment. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. No! Occasion. No! Never, <laughs> David! <laughs> we got loads of responses. Yeah. You're weakening. Ah, I am. I am. I should hold my nerve. Yeah. Stand firm against them. Okay. Um, so, Matt, what would be your pick for the letter A, then? Right, well, I actually the wrote... The entire a, history of Doctor Who to, to, to get through here. Yeah, I actually wrote a little list of ones. Right, so, okay. So, my initial reaction was Amy Pond. Oh, yeah, good choice, good choice. That that was an era of the show that I really enjoyed. You know, I, Would you I, say I, that's that it has been peak Doctor Who for you, the, the Pond? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It was just when it was really fun. Like, Capaldi's yeah. was really good, but was it always fun? Like, That's there were some times when it was really, really tense and, yeah. you know. I uh, have been watching some reaction videos of... I, I, it's a it's a terrible habit, but I, I watch too, far too many Doctor Who reaction videos on, on the old YouTubes. And uh, one of the reactors I've, I've, I've been watching, I've, I've gotten got up to the point where they're, where, where they're on Series 5... And I I know exactly what you mean. There is just a a, a joyousness to that series in particular that is yeah. kind of hard to beat. Yeah. Um, other options I went for. Mm-hmm. Arachnids in the UK. That all-time classic. Yeah, where the Doctor just goes a bit non-Doctory for a bit. Yeah. Where there's an yeah. entire species. Yeah, it doesn't sit well, does it? Uh, I went for Aztecs, which I know we haven't watched, but people seem to harp on about it quite a lot. It's quite quite, uh, quite a highly esteemed early Hartnell story. It's one I would like us to do one day, if we get the opportunity. Okay. Uh, I went for Absorbaloff. Yes, also on my shortlist. Yeah. Because y- you can't not. Favourite of the pod, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So much so you named your only son after him. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Uh, I then went for 
Anthony Ainley. You know I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's beautiful. You're partial to a bit of the Ainley. Yeah. What did yeah. you think of my little trailer that I made for this week's show where I did a deep fake on Anthony Ainley? Haunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. De- deeply upsetting, Matt. Uh, you do need to stop doing that. Right. Uh, I also did a Patrick Troughton one. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then my final choice, David, my selection for mm-hmm. this week's A to Z. I'm going to go for the Autons. Oh, excellent choice, Matt. It was also on my shortlist, the Autons. Um, yeah. I'm just turning to it. Ex- Sorry, show I'm- you working? Yeah, I'm just turning to a new page because I'm going to write down week by week what we went for. Oh, excellent. Uh, so choice. I'll just put my name there. And uh, your name... It is David, isn't it? It is David, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or vitamin D to your friends. Yes, as indeed. we established last week. Right, so I went for the Autons. Yeah. So, obviously, like, that's where this project began. If you go yes. all the way back to Rose, like, the very first villain I saw the Doctor yeah. come into conflict with was the Autons. Yeah. Uh, likewise, when we watched Spearhead from Space, that's probably been my favourite classic story that isn't, you know, like a big regeneration or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a... I know it's a first story for Pertwee's Doctor, but, yeah, just a good fun. And I, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't put them at the top. If we were doing one of those absolute douchebag YouTube, like, tier rankings... I would have uh-huh. put them in the god tier. Uh-huh. Like, but, you know, as an enemy, they're not really, like, that standout, are they? But I've liked every story I've seen of them. And the, like I say, the... it, in terms of my own Doctor Who journey, if you will, mm-hmm. they've been pretty important. Absolutely. And for a lot of people, because at the end of the day, they kick-started two really significant eras of Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the 2005 revival and also the first time the Doctor was broadcast in colour. Yeah. You know, brand and... new Doctor. It, it, they, they, it, and I don't, it's, it's not a coincidence that RTD chose the Autons to kickstart his vision of Doctor Who. Um, you know, they, for, for a villain that has only featured as like the, the primary antagonist in three stories... They are very... They are iconic. They are very Doctor Who-y. Yeah, and it's not to say that they're not scary. You know, if anything, I found the old ones a bit scarier than new ones because the the costumes were a bit crap. But, like, yeah. Now, every every time I've seen them... What's the other story they're in that we haven't seen? Terror of the Autons. Who, Who... Which Doctor's that? That's another Pertwee. All right. Well, maybe when we get back round to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I think there's a very high chance we might do Terror of the Autons next for Pertwee. Um, yeah, I, I, like I say, so my first induction is going to be the Autons. Now, before we get to your induction, David. Yes. Were there any on your shortlist that I missed that you think deserve a mention? The the ones that the ones on the short list that um, 
I had were largely the same as yours, actually. I had Anthony Ainley. I had uh, Absorbaloff. I had the Autons. Uh, I also had the Axons, who are a personal favourite one-off villain that I would love to see make a comeback for the new series. We, we haven't seen them in classic, have we? We haven't seen I, I recognise the name, but I can't. No. Yeah. Uh, Claws of Axos was on my shortlist for last time we did Pertwee, but we ultimately went with Spearhead, which was probably the right choice. I don't think there are many people who love Claws of Axos quite as much as I do, mm-hmm. but um, I really, I'm very, very fond of that story. Um, so ultimately, I didn't go for any of those, though. I went with the one that really started it all. An Unearthly Child. Oh, okay. The very first... uh, I mean, depending on if you want to split hairs, first episode or first story. uh, Some people, you know, sometimes there's this bickering about that sort of thing because this was in the days when each individual segment of a story had its own title. Um, But anyway, I mean, that first episode alone is, I think... It, it, it's, it truly stands the test of time as a magnificent piece of televisual story t- storytelling of that era um, and is a key reason that Doctor Who managed to establish any longevity. And I think also, as if I'm allowed a little bonus mention, uh, it's another A thing, an adventure in space and time. The uh, Mark Gatiss 50th anniversary um, docudrama, the way it gently mythologizes the making of that episode of television, I think is really, really well done and has only added to the already high esteem in which that particular episode is is, uh, held amongst fandom, you know. I think the story, this, the sort of pioneering spirit, which, um, which drove that, you know, the creation of Doctor Who, is very much embodied in that first episode. Um, so there's something kind of magical about it. I, I, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm denied about some of the other things, but ultimately, I think it that's got to be it, hasn't it? For, yeah. for you know yeah it's a good place to start isn't it absolutely absolutely so but maybe not if you're brand new to doctor who don't yeah. actually start with an earthly <laughs> child unless you have a high tolerance for tv as it was made over 50 years ago so <laughs> next week david we'll be moving yes. on to b b yeah is, is there anything get my thinking cap that on. jumps out to you immediately um, Bradley few, Walsh. There's a few. I'm going to keep them under my hat for now, I think. Bernard Cribbins. You see, he's one of those rare examples of a um, of a Doctor Who actor who, who has appeared both on television and film adaptations of Doctor Who. Oh. Um, you know... Cribbins is actually not a bad shout at all. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we will have this discussion next week, Matt. Yep. All right then, Matt. Um, I want to hear your bees. Buzz. (laughs) Great joke.
yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I enjoyed that. Right. So, our newest feature, David. Yes. The definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Definitive. We're up to B. Would you like to hear my also runs before I give you my of suggestions? Of course. It would be a very short segment otherwise. Right. So, I started... I've literally just scribbled some stuff down before we started talking. Mm-hmm. So, I wrote some names down, David. Yes. I've gone for Billy Piper. Right. I've gone for Baker slash Tom. Yeah. Also Baker slash Colin. Yeah. Bradley Walsh, mm-hmm. Bernard Cribbins, yeah, and then we got a suggestion from Luke from Who Can Convince You, yes, who said Barrowman John, mm. yeah. Not sure how I feel about that at this point. Yeah, might might edit that one out. Cheers, yeah. though, Luke. Um, <laughs> no, and then... to, be, to be fair to him, if you listen to Who um, Who Can Convince You. He doesn't pull his punches when it comes to Barrowman. No, no. Uh, then I just started throwing random ideas onto the page. So some of these are episodes, some of them are other things. Yeah. Okay. So I went for Boomtown. Yeah. Beast Below. Yeah. The Byzantium. Yes. The Black Spot. Yeah. The Bells of St. John. Yeah. Uh, the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Then I said Bonnie, and that's the Zygon version of Clara, isn't oh, it? Oh, gosh, you've got some deep cuts in here. I'll tell you. Right, are you ready for my top three? Yes, And I, I think this is going to surprise you. Okay. At number four, I've gone Bo, face of. Face of Bo, yeah. At number three, I've gone Blink. Mm-hmm. That does surprise me. I I assumed it would be your number one. At number two, I've gone Bill Potts. Okay, great. And number one, I've gone Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Because that was like the first mystery in Doctor Who that I really got hooked on. Of course. And, you know, such was its influence. It became the name of the production company, um... Of uh, Jane Tranter and Judy Gardner, um, who will be working with RTD to um, shepherd the next era of Doctor Who from next yeah. year. Bad Bit of course Patterns. correction. Let's save this sinking ship. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I meant it as in, like, in world, like the yeah. actual story and, you know, every season we talk about this is going to be the bad wolf moment didn't we i mean that's the thing it set the template and to a large extent that's never fully been deviated from um in in terms of new who it it has a long reach bad wolf as an arc you know certainly in terms of references going at the very least until the day of the doctor i'm trying to think if there's any post day of the doctor references there might be i'm not sure i'm not sure that's kind of the last i can recall but but either way, you know that in itself is it for something that is essentially meaningless. Yeah, boy, does it have a a a, a big, big impact on um, the shape of twenty first century who. Yeah. So, like I say, like after last week where I went for the autons, 
Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a more personal choice at the risk of sounding a bit soppy. No, 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 that t totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think a lot of people would, would uh, be right there with you on it. Um, so a lot of what you mentioned, I also had on my not exact, particularly short, short list. Um, I also had a, a bit more classic stuff. So in terms of like Stop classic stories. Stop calling it classic. It's just old. <laughs> um, in terms of those sort of stories, um, you've got Brave Namorbius, which we've seen. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't put that down. Yeah. Black Orchid, which we've seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Battlefield, which we haven't. And in fact, I haven't yet, but... I'm hoping to get to within a matter of weeks. I'm I'm sort of halfway through the Seventh Doctor era at the moment, and uh, Battlefield was the second story written by another B, Ben Aronovich. Never heard of him. Um, he wrote Remembrance of the Daleks, which we have seen. Okay, maybe I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, there was a um a Yuhu um story that you didn't even mention. Uh, which has surprised me, you know, in Chibnall era, uh, the the Battle of Randos and Coleslaw. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to... You, uh, that gotta that does start with me, because it's bloody bollocks, I'll tell you that, David. <laughs> it's not Doctor Who's finest hour. <laughs> I think even Chibnall would admit that at this point. Um, uh, uh, some other bees, you've got Nicholas Briggs... Voice of the Daleks, the Cybermen, the Jadoon, so many others. Um, and, of course, um, the creative director of uh, Big Finish, uh, a man who's had an enormous impact uh, on Doctor Who in the 21st century. Um, we could have just said Big Finish. Well, that's the next thing on my list, Big Finish. Again, like, I mean, in terms of, in terms of impact within the fandom... Big finish is huge. I, I, you know, it, best one in the world to them. There, there's not much reach there outside of the fairly hardcore fan base, I would say, except possibly for the McGann series that was broadcast on BBC Radio 7, as it was at the time. We, we could have said BBC. <laughs> we could have said BBC. Where, would... I don't know that a show like Doctor Who could ever have had a hope of existing without an institution like the BBC, which, you know, has been a bit under fire of late and uh, I I would argue is ultimately very much a force for good in this country. So, well, uh, yeah, very tempted to give it to that all of a sudden. Um, I, I want to mention some other writers as well that, that have got surnames beginning with B. Um... You've got Christopher Bailey, who who wrote two of my favourite Fifth Doctor stories, Kinder and Snake Dance. Um, hope to get to those on the pod eventually. Um, you've got uh, Christopher H. Bidmead, who uh, chaperoned the, the very late period Tom Baker era and, uh, yeah, definitely has, has a bit of an impact. Um you got Ian Stewart Black, who wrote three stories in in the in the Troughton era, I believe. Uh, Mallory Blackman, who co-wrote Rosa. Um, Chris Boucher, who wrote 
some great stories, you know, Face of Evil, Image of the Fendal. Um, there's so many writers. It's so nice to begin with B. Um, but my B that I did go for is Baker. Because not only have you got Tom and Colin, two doctors, the, you know, the only doctors to share a surname, that surname uh, beginning with B, you've also got three writers. You've got Pip and Jane Baker, who were a married couple, who wrote um, some of the most infamous stories of the uh, Colin Baker era and uh, early Sylvester McCoy as well. Um, and uh, you've got Bob Baker, co-creator of K-9. Oh, big bad Bobby also, B. Yeah, also wrote... Um, uh, uh, also co-wrote uh, all of the Wallace and Gromit films after the first one. Did you see the announcement that they're making a new one this week? Yes, I did, yeah. Um, cautiously hopeful yeah. it'll be good. You know... It's never terrible, is it? No. Even when it's not great, it's it's ours. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, a, a a a great you know, I I would say one of the more un, I don't know, unsung's not quite the word. I really like Bob Baker's writing. It, some people aren't as big on it, but there is an irreverence to Bob Baker and his his, he co-wrote a lot of his stuff with uh, Dave Martin. The, they, as a pair, I think, just had this boundless creativity in their writing, even when when it didn't quite all come together in the end. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about Doctor Who, boundless creativity. So I'm just lumping all of the bakers together, and that's my nomination for B. Right. Well, I'm going to introduce a new aspect of the A to Z, David. What's that? Uh, every week I'm going to ask you if you can recount every submission, and as the list grows, it gets harder and harder. <laughs> so a little memory test. So you've got A and B, please. Okay. So, uh, did we... Did we just keep with our separate picks for? I, I have a table yeah. with two columns, one called Matt, and your your name is David, yeah. isn't it? It is David. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. So there's four submissions so far. Okay. So, Auton. Yep. Yeah. Autons we already discussed. Um, I can't remember what I said for A. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Is it axons? Oh, David, you went for An Unearthly Child. An Unearthly Child. Oh, I did, didn't I? Didn't I? Think, that was I didn't think this aspect of the game would, like, die one week into it. But... <laughs> I'm not at my best today, Matt. I'm really not. I'm trying, right. but... Um, yeah, a, a very worthy pick, wasn't it? An Unearthly Child. But yes, yeah, kind of had to be. Uh, and this week, Bad Wolf and uh, Baker. Yeah. So there we go. So see next week. The letter C. Anything immediately jump out at you? Um, oh. Chris Chibnall. To think. Chibnall, yeah. I, I mean, that was the thing that I was thinking about earlier when I was thinking about this. Um, I think we'll save that discussion for next week, eh? Let's start with the old A to Z, I think. The old A to Z? 
Yeah, Let why not? Just turn to the back of my book where I've been making my notes. Right, so we are up to C this week, David. I'm very glad you said that because for half, for half a second this morning I was like, is it C or is it D? Did we do C last week? Right, well, and I've only prepared a list of C things. So. This doesn't bode well for the little memory game we do at the end. You can't even <laughs> remember what it is before we started. <laughs> right, so this week, David, for C, I've got a little list yeah. of things. Yes, let's hear your list first, then I can maybe fill in some of the gaps. Okay, so a couple of episodes. The Caretaker. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, how did you, I can't remember how you felt about The Caretaker. It's one that divides opinion quite a bit. I, I quite like it, but... I, I think I remember it being okay, but the bad guy robot was a bit rubbish. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's not the draw with that episode. We're, we're all, you know, the highlight of that episode is obviously uh, Danny Pink's incredible backflip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It's military yeah. training. <laughs> uh, Christmas Invasion. Oh, yeah. First episode with the Taint's Doctor. That's pretty significant. Yep. Uh, and then I've got Cold Blood and Cold War. Yeah. I knew what there was an episode called Cold something, and I couldn't remember, and it turned out there was two. <laughs> Which of those do you, did you enjoy the most, do you think? It, it's Cold Blood... The digger hole in Wales and Cold yes. War were on a submarine with Gatis. Yeah. Uh, I think I prefer... I mean, G- G- Gatis doesn't actually feature in it, but... Is he not in it? No. no oh, it's the he's... guy from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? He, he wrote it, though. So right. that's where you're getting that association from, I think. It is one of his penned episodes. Yeah. Is it Liam Cunningham that's in it? Yes, that's yeah. Right. And and David Warner playing the scientist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I've got uh, Closing Time. Yeah, yeah, not the best. May as well stick Craig in there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, quite, quite unusual for a supporting character like that to come back for a sequel episode. Mm. Uh, I've got Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible episode of Doctor Who, but sure. Uh, I've gone Crimson Horror. I like the Crimson Horror. Yeah. And then we're getting into, like, the... I've moved away from episodes. So, someone I've never met, but I know you keep banging on about him. Cushing Peter. Ah, yes, of course. The original non-canonical Doctor. Yeah. And then we're getting into my top three here. Okay. Uh, at number three, I've gone Clara. Yep. Number two, I've gone Christopher Eccleston. Yep. And number one, I've gone Capaldi. Capaldi. There is another one in my sort of top four, but I think it might be your number one, so I'm leaving it out. Mm. Well, we'll have to wait and see. So my number um, one, I'm going Capaldi. Capaldi. Good choice. Solid choice. Yeah. I mean, certainly a fan favourite Doctor at this point. Um, I think it's fair to say that for one reason or another, his era didn't really, um, didn't really make a dent in the mainstream in the same way that his immediate predecessors did. It's because he had two dodgy series and then one amazing series. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't think that's fair. This it's what one dodgy series and two amazing series is how I would put it. Okay. Nine and ten are both fantastic uh, for different reasons. Um, so I, I I've uh, I've been looking at writers for the series. I'm not going to list everyone with a surname beginning with C. It's a common letter. There's a lot to to go through, but but um, in particular, I wanted to mention Anthony Coburn who is the credited writer for An Unearthly Child. Uh, Paul Cornell, who, you know, was obviously one of the people carrying the uh, the flag during the wilderness years and also wrote um, two stonking good stories for the RTD era. Barbara Clegg, who wrote Enlightenment, who I believe I'm writing saying was the first woman to write for Doctor Who. That feels like it's worth acknowledging. Um and uh, another writer that we'll get back to in a minute. Um, in terms of monsters, you've got the Cybermen, obviously. Uh, see, I thought that was going to be your number one. That's why I didn't mention the Cybermen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, very nearly is. They're hugely significant um, to the entire history of Doctor Who. Um, and uh, in terms of stories... You've got uh, Carnival of Monsters, Caves of Androzani and Castrovalva. I've said those in the wrong order, but uh, respectively, they are the, the, the first and last ep- episodes with uh, Peter Davison, uh-huh. both beginning with C. Curse of Fenric, City of Death, which is a fan favourite. Um, there's loads of stuff beginning with C. Um, but if I had to really narrow it down and just pick one, it's got to be the Carrionites from the Shakespeare Code. Oh, wow. Because they were so... <laughs> so brilliant. You know, they're witches, but they're aliens, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that that period of Doctor Who where everything's just an alien. Yeah, we'll do every supernatural thing under the sun, but we, we'll just say it's an alien. We didn't mention thingy either, the Crefaeus, the big chicken alien. I think that's... Is that not spelt with a K? <laughs> it maybe is. It maybe yeah. is. I always thought it was, but I, I, I could be talking out the ass there. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, um, there's another writer that I think deserves this, the, deserves a shout out, if only because both their first and last names begin with a C. It's Chris Chibnall. Oh, he's gone for Chibbers. I've gone for Chibbers. Controversial choice, potentially. But if I can unpack my reasoning a little bit. One, he is a sh- the current, you know, incumbent showrunner of uh, Doctor Who. Um, he has stewarded the show through quite a challenging period in terms of a very fast-changing television landscape. If you think about where TV was in the back end of the Moffat years to where it is now and the yeah, dominance like, of streaming services. Like back when TV used to be good and now Chris Chibnall's <laughs> put it in the toilet. Uh, yeah. And um, I also think... Not, not going to rise to that, are you? Just going to move not. on. I'm not. But in terms of his influence in in 21st century Doctor Who and the Who universe in general, he was showrunner of Torchwood for at least a couple of series, I think. He is the only... Uh, one of the three showrunners to have written for every era of New Who. His first episode was under RTD. He wrote quite a few for Under Moffat. And here he is running the show himself. 
um, in the current era. So, you know, he is, like it or not, he has had quite a lot of influence over the shape of 21st century Doctor Who, um, as is evidenced by the episode we will be discussing today, mm. which introduces quite a significant new addition to the canon, shall we say. Mm. The return of Captain Jack Harkness. Yes. Yeah. There's another scene. I'm certain the Who Can Convince You boys would have said Captain Jack. Yeah, Um, possibly. They're big fans. They're big fans. Right, so, David, as we like to do at the end of the A to Z, can you please... Recount all entries so far. Okay, so for A, it was Autons and uh, an unearthly child. For B, it was I. I went with Baker. Correct. And you went with uh, <sighs> Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I went for Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf, that was it. Yeah. Um, and uh, today, yeah. <laughs> five minutes ago, I went with Chris Chibnall and you went with uh, Capaldi. Correct. Correct. There we go. I can't Spend wait until we get to Z. I really hope the one time you get all the answers is when you just say, you know, and I said Zygon. And we'll all just go mad, just cheering. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to X. No. We're going to be scraping the barrel with that, that week. Yeah. I can't even think of anything so far. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it, there'll be we're something We're going to have to be plumbing the depths of TARDIS wiki. I, I'm going to say the X-ray effect when someone gets shot by a Dalek. Oh, good one. Keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have I got to talk about? Um, I think it's time to talk about the episode, David. Uh, uh, you're forgetting it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I for- how could I forget? <laughs> Why aren't they on my tick list? Who knows? What um, are we doing first? A to Z? Let's do A to Z first. Right, so it's D this week. It is, it is. Um, There was a a couple of rules that I've made, David. mm. You know, last time I said that we are going to rate our listener tweets this week. Yes. Uh, Well, I put a couple of rules together for their submissions. Okay, so if anyone sent in a message saying, I I think D stands for Doctor Who because it's great, it's the show we all love... Just blocked them on Twitter. So, <laughs> just they're gone. Yeah, yeah. In the pit. Yeah. couple yeah. of messages that were like, I think D stands for David from neither the time nor the space because he's brilliant. Blocked. <laughs> Pandering. Trying to get in the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. Don't need that in my life. Blocked. Fine. Yeah. Right. So, no Doctor Who... And no Davids. Would you like to hear my suggestions? I certainly would. I'll give you a clue. There's absolutely thousands because most of the episodes either start with Dalek or Doctor. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it there is plenty to choose from for the for right. the day. For episodes, Dalek. Yeah. Doctor dances. Yeah. Doomsday. Yes, please. Daleks in Manhattan. Mm. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's daughter. Eh, better than, it, than its reputation. Day of the Moon. I could not remember that episode at all. Uh, it's uh, part two of the Silence two-parter, series six. It, Amy and Rory in their prime in that one. You right. definitely enjoyed it at the time. Doctor's Wife. Uh, Doctor's Moving Wife. on. Doctor Great episode. Widow in the Wardrobe. Mm. We're not talking it's... about Doctor's Wife. It's crap. Yeah. Right. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. I like it. Day of the Doctor. Yeah, if you're going for an individual episode beginning with D, I think that's the one, right? Mm. Deep Breath. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> it's got it's a lot of good stuff, but yeah. Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Mm. Uh, Strong finale, I think. Doctor Falls. Yep. Demons of the Punjab. Yeah. Uh, would you like some aliens that start with D? I would. I can't think of a single one, Matt. What about Dalek, Davros, Dream Lord? All very good. All strong villains. What about Donna? Yeah. Danny Pink? Yeah. Someone I've never seen but you yak on about, Dodo. Yeah, she's not quite on the same level as Donna, it's fair to say. Right. What about David Tennant? Uh, yeah, he exists. What about Peter Davison? Uh, yes, absolutely. Davison's on my list. And what about Russell T. Davis? I mean, my pick last week was Chibnall for his contribution to, to the show's history. It's only fair that Davis... Should be my pick for the, for this week. Would Would you like my number one pick? Yep, go for it. I'm going for demons. Ah, oh, as in uh, from the de- the from planet Deimos, those yeah. demons. Yeah. yeah, just that little story, the demons. Yeah, which you absolutely did not. You you did not seem on board with it at all when we reviewed it. No, I I just said that because I thought it would make you go mad. But you, yeah, you're so reserved, like. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's mostly I'm trying not to wake little Absorbaloff. We're recording quite late this evening. Yeah, quite late. Um, really late. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not going to sleep um, on schedule at the moment. <laughs> he just gets... His, his general bedtime procedure at the moment is uh, starting out fairly manic, getting increasingly more and more manic until he eventually just gives up and with you know within the space of two minutes is asleep um his bedtime is later than mine yeah (laughs) honestly there is there is there there have been times in the last couple of months where there has been i don't know 15 minutes between his bedtime and me and my partner just clambering in and giving up for the day um, um, I don't know what yeah. I really would give my nomination to. There's a lot of strong picks, isn't there? There are. There are. I don't it's know. Doctor Dances. I liked that. That was a good episode. Yeah. What about just the Daleks? 
you know, iconic villains. Yeah. There from the, the sh- from almost the very start of the show. I might go Danny Pink. <laughs> In fact, I might go Danny Pink backflip. <laughs> That's your pick for D. Yeah, yeah Danny Pink's backflip. That's locked in, is it? Nah, I'm going to go for Demons. That was a good episode. It was. It's a classic. What Lovely about you? bit of Pertwee. You got any suggestions? Well, as I say, I mean, Russell T. Davis, really, it's only fair if I pick one showrunner, I should pick uh, another when it's their turn. Um, but I'm not picking RTD. <laughs> um, that I, I want to acknowledge some other writers first. Um, you've got Jerry Davis, who was a, a, a script editor and also um, credited for a few episodes as well. You've got uh, the one and only Terence Dix, you know, um, wrote some of the most iconic series, was um, responsible for a huge swathe of uh, the target novelizations, which is how an entire generation got to access uh, who from before their time, you know, a huge influence uh, in the history of the show. Um, Sarah Dollard, personal favourite, um, two absolutely banging episodes and not been invited back. And that makes me quite sad. I don't know. Maybe she has been invited back, but she's been too busy. I don't know what the reason is, but um, great writer. I would love to see some more from her. Honestly, I think she's future showrunner material. So, um, you know, fingers crossed for that one day. Um, thinking about uh, creatures, aliens, monsters, things like that. We've mentioned Daleks. We've mentioned uh, demons. I also wanted to mention Draconians. Now, you've not met the, dr- the Draconians. Nope. Uh, they are a really cool... Um, um, they're, they're one of the more nuanced races, a bit like the Silurians. They're an, they're an alien race, um, like a civilised race, get get involved in like sort of intergalactic politics and stuff. And they feature in a single third Doctor story, Frontier in Space, and are never brought back. And they are so high on every classic Who fans list of um, uh, species to bring back for the new series. Um, if only because this show is kind of lacking in sort of other major civilized races who aren't evil. You know, that's there often often isn't room for them, I guess, uh-huh. especially in you who. But I would love a story that features draconians at some point. Um, and yeah, in terms of like other classic episodes which you've not mentioned you've got uh, all the all the classic dalek stories like dalek's master plan and uh, uh all of that uh you've got the deadly assassin you've got uh dragonfire delta and the bannermen um there's just there's so much for the letter d isn't there mm-hmm. absolutely so much um it's been the hardest week i would say I think so, but I've, I've, I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm very worried that you're going to think this is a cop out, Matt. But my pick is the Doctor. You, you're getting no, blocked. Hit, 
hear, hear me out. I'm not saying Doctor Who the show. I'm saying the character, the concept of the Doctor. I think one of the things that I find personally fascinating that draw, draws me into the show and always has is the concept of this character that's always the same and always different, changing their face, changing the actors, you know, both in universe and out of universe. I find that whole concept of regeneration utterly fascinating. And and also the Doctor as a, as a character, because, because they buck so many trends, they are not your stereotypical Hollywood leading character they're not a, a typical superhero you know violence is a last resort they are first and foremost a sort of super scientist if you like um and uh, yeah i just i i think the doctor as a character is such a unique concept the way that character has evolved over the time and is continuing to evolve just a couple of weeks ago we unearthed a, a brand new one we'd never heard of before um in fugitive of the jadoon and that wasn't that an exciting thing a thing that no other show on tv could could pull off um i it's hard, you know, you can't, I can't imagine Doctor Who without the Doctor. So I, I nearly went for the Daleks because. If you, you want know, Doctor Who without the Doctor, may I present to you Lady Christina, Series 1. <laughs> Available now on five CDs. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, but you, you get my point, hopefully, Matt. And it doesn't come across as too much of a cop. Yeah. No, I think four weeks is a good length for this segment. So what are we doing <laughs> next week? Shall we, Matt? Should we talk about the letter E? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let me just flip to the back of my book. How it relates to this show we both love an equal amount. Yeah, well, after last week, which was, you know, a content-rich week... Yeah. I kind of struggled with E. Slim pickings, isn't it? Mm. It is slim pickings. Uh, I've got some episodes. I've got a few characters, and that was about it. Okay, well, well, hit me with what you've got, and I can maybe uh, suggest some alternatives. Right. Episodes. End of the world. Yep. Empty child. Mm -hmm. Evolution of the Daleks. Yep. End of time, part one. Yes. End of time part two. Wow. Eleventh hour. Yeah. Extremis. Yeah. Now, when I wrote that down, could not remember that episode at all. It's the Matrix one. What? Uh, Capaldi and Bill and uh, Nardo and there's the Pope and it, it turns out they're all in the Matrix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Empress of Mars. Ah, uh, a classic. Also could not remember that one. Can, can you want me to re remind you? Oh, please. From the same series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the one where they go to Mars and there's uh, Ice Warriors and uh, oh, Colonial Soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that now. And it's like it's like the, the ultimate Gatiss episode. Should we do the hat it's trick? Because like... I couldn't remember Eaters of Light either. <laughs> Guess which series it's from. Yeah, man. I know. When I was looking, I was like, did I even watch that series? 
<laughs> you enjoyed that series yeah, as well, good. quite a bit. Like... <laughs> to be fair, um, it's certainly in the case of Empress of Mars and Angels of Light, they are probably the two most inconsequential episodes of that series. What? Which one's Eaters uh, of Light? Uh, that's oh, the is one that the Scottish Hill Ro- one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romans and Picts. Yeah, I do remember it. Uh, yeah, it's a nice one. Good vibe in that episode. Then from Classic Who, yep. we've seen Enlightenment, haven't we? We have seen Enlightenment, yeah. Yeah. Personal favourite. Then for characters, and this is really scraping the barrel, I've yep. gone for Elizabeth Liz Shaw. Oh, that is scraping the barrel. That, that was yeah, as okay. good as I could get. Yeah. Uh, then I've got Elizabeth Sladen. Yes. And Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to acknowledge it, don't don't we? That at this stage, I feel like Eccleston is the front runner. Yeah. Is that what you're going with, Matt? I, do, I don't do know. Hear... Part, part of me was like, I might go for end of time. <sighs> I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might go Empress <laughs> of Mars. You know what? I know. I know which one I, I'd sooner be throwing on for a, for a comfort watch. <laughs> um, okay. So, of ones that you things that you've not mentioned, I the, I always like to start with writers because you know writers is something that I'm particularly interested in when it comes to to Doctor Who. Um, but it's really slim pickings for writers. You've got three writers; they're all one hit wonders. Uh, two of them co-wrote their stories, and uh, they, they're all from the black and white era. So you've got David Ellis, who co-wrote The Faceless Ones with Malcolm Hulk, uh, which is what story I've not even seen, because uh, it, it was missing and has recently been animated, but I've not picked up the animation yet. Um, you've got William Ems, who wrote Galaxy 4, again was missing and has been animated and I've not picked up the animation yet. And then you've got Paul Erickson who wrote the arc. And fortunately those all exist. And that is actually one that I would consider us doing for a, a Hartnell story. We next come around to it. I, I really like the arc. Um, so that's the one that stands out of those three, but they're all, as I say, one story in the black and white era and then gone. Yeah, so didn't make the biggest impact, it's fair to say. Uh, in terms of creatures and monsters, it's a really short list, at least if Wikipedia's to be believed. I've not gone beyond that. Because I, I, I had a look and I didn't know any of them. I think they were so, all classic. You've got well, you've got the Echnodyne, who are from Amy's Choice, but who were actually fictional mm-hmm. because they're like the you know the ones that take over the the the, the OAPs. Yes, yeah, but yeah. It's all part, but it's all part of the Dream Lord's dreams. So I don't know that they even count as real aliens. Um, you've got the Eminence, which is some big Finnish bullshit. It, like literally every reference to it is is big Finnish. So uh, that's just something they play around with. Um, the big one is the Eternals, who yeah, but they're not relevant to today's episode, David. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, excitingly, they get they get quite a significant name check here, uh, in in this week's episode, uh, and uh, you know, again, come from another E, Enlightenment. You know, that was their 
their sort of where they were the main focal point. Um, so in terms of characters we've not mentioned, the big one for me is Evelyn Smythe, mm-hmm. who is a fan favourite uh, audio only companion. Re- the, the, the run of stories with um, the sixth doctor and Evelyn Smythe is amongst the best uh, runs in in Big Finish's history. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's wondering where to start with Big Finish, that's not a bad place to start going through some of those. Um, then we've got uh, the only other thing that I've got on my list, the only one which we've both written down, uh, Eccleston. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's my pick for me because, honestly, without Eccleston... I don't know that I would be sat here talking to you today about Doctor Who. Um, it That first series, the way it captured my attention and turned me from someone who was curious about Doctor Who and had watched the odd bit of classic to someone who was like, oh, I could stick with this. Yeah. When I first watched it. He really does such an amazing job of... Not just, not slavishly, he does, it's not a performance of like, it's not the sort of doctor you would expect, necessarily. In in terms of like what the public imagination was around what Doctor Who was back in, you know, the early 21st century, where everyone was just thinking, oh, it's like flappy coats and he's posh and he talks really fast and, you know, that was the sort of like, um, the the sort of what's the word I'm looking for? The the public construct of the Doctor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and then in Waltz's Christopher Eccleston, with you know, stupid grin and a very serious frown, and very little in between. You know, no nonsense northern accent. Uh, you know, battered old leather jacket, and he's just commanding the screen every second. The camera's pointing his way, and I, yeah, I, 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 I think it. You've got to acknowledge what an impact that performance had. And, and how it really helped to get RTD's take on Doctor Who um, up and running right from yeah. right from the first episode. It became realised with Eccleston, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I just can't imagine if it had been like, you know, Bookie's favourite Alan Davis or someone like that, would it, would it have stayed the course in the same way? Yeah. Yeah. Or would it have fizzled out after a couple of series or something? You know, I just, I, I really think, even though he only sticks around for the one series, and in some ways, even that is a really crucial thing because I think by him only sticking around for one series, it, it exceeds the concept of regeneration in nice and early and makes it, it, it tells you as a viewer, look, this is, this is a key, key part of this show. Um, 
And that's something that, that you who particularly has played around with more as a concept. And we've had things like the war doctor and now the fugitive doctor. And, you know, it uses it uses regeneration as a narrative tool. So getting that that particular toy out of the box nice and early really works in you who's favor, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, for all those reasons uh, and more that haven't popped into my head, my, my pick is Eccleston. I, and I can't really think of anything that, that's more significant than that. No, I'm just going end of time just because I like Wilf. <laughs> you know what? That is the one one very legitimate reason to pick end of time. Yeah. Yeah. When he's in his little when that little spaceship having his Star Wars moment. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and you know, there's a nice bit he's... where they're in the cafe. Yeah. And then there's the bit where he kills the doctor, so <laughs> uh... Oh good fun. Oh good fun. <laughs> Alright, speaking of good fun, or lack thereof, yes. yeah. do, do we just can the idea of you recounting every entry into the A to Z? Yes, please. Right. <laughs> Done. There we go. <laughs> right. Also, this week, a few people, when I put out on Twitter, can you send in what your suggestions are? What's the best thing about Doctor Who, starting with E? A few people put everything. It's great. I love it. So, uh, they got blocked on Twitter, David. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And I'm going to give yeah. people fair warning next week when we do F, if anyone says fan, blocked. <laughs> that's that's the banned word for the week, yeah. is it? Yeah. 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 Now, just yeah. every week now, I'm just going to pick the most annoying tweet and block that person. <laughs> it's one way to... Well, I mean, we would certainly wouldn't want to have too high a listenership for our podcast, would we? No. I mean, apart from anything else, it's only fair so we can give some of the other, some of the little guys a chance, you know, Verity and, and Radio Free Scaro and uh, the like. Yeah, but we're they, not... They need, they need the listeners more than us. We're not helping out you-know-who, though. <laughs> no, we, we, of course not. It's been a while since we've mentioned them, but, you know, <laughs> they can stay in the dirt where they belong. All right then, Matt. Hit me with some Fs. Oh, I, nearly, I nearly burst into a tirade of swearing there. Oh, so, wouldn't have that been something? Definitive A to Z of Doctor Who, up to yep. F, David. Do you want we some are. episodes? Go for it. Father's Day. Good. Thea Her. Not good. 42. Uh, meh. Family of Blood. Very good. Fires of Pompeii. Very good. Forest of the Dead. Uh, yes, very good. Flesh and Stone. Also very good, I would say. Flatline. Well, a lot of good F uh, ones, aren't there? Yeah. Face the Raven. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Fugitive of the Jadun. It's a very strong showing for... Uh, Episodes beginning with F. I had no idea. Yeah. And then I've just stuck flux on the end, even though we haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Are you excited for flux, Matt? Uh, I don't really know. Not Might far really off, good. are we? Might be pants. 
Yeah, we've only got like what ten weeks or so left, and then we finish for good. Yeah, we're shutting up shop. Yeah. <laughs> we, I don't it's, think we'll even get to the end of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It can be like the great unfinished works. Yeah. Um, Do you want some monsters? Uh, yes. I've I've got uh, face of bow. Sure. I think did he not also pick him for B? Yeah, I called him bow face off. <laughs> uh, the Fisher King. Yeah. Now, from the episode Utopia, there's the future kind. There surely is. Uh, from the... Uh, I can't even remember what episode. Friday, the last ice warrior. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh. And from Mummy on the Orient Express, there is the foretold. The foretold, yeah. Uh, and then for cast and crew, mainly cast because I don't mm-hmm. care about crew... Yep. I, I have Foreman, first name Susan. Yep. And I have Fraser Hines. Ah, uh, good old Fraser Hines. Yeah. And then I've got two other kind of like out there suggestions. Okay, he, he, let me hear your out there suggestions then. Uh, I've gone for film, as in the right. TV movie. D- yes, yeah, that's a stretch, but okay, I'll allow it. And then... For a long time, this was going to be my vote. Finales. Yeah, I mean, it, Doctor Who certainly has them. Yeah, and they're usually pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, certainly it, New Who has them. Yeah. Uh, classic Who, uh, not so much. Yeah, the Doctor goes to bed for three episodes, then regenerates. <laughs> that wasn't even a series finale when uh, Hartnell... Uh, it was, like, quite early into a series... And then it was just next week. Here's Patrick Trout and get used to it, kids. Great. <laughs> uh, they made TV differently back in the day. Back in the day. Um, Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, loads, loads. I mean, mostly classic stuff that, uh, for understandable reasons, you, you you've not touched on. Um, because it's all rubbish and boring. Mm. Not quite. So, uh, in terms of uh, episodes, you've got things like the Faceless Ones, the Five Doctors. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, it's a banger. That Um, might be my pick now, actually. Four to Doomsday. You've got uh, Frontier in Space, Frontier's Full Circle, Fury from the Deep. Um, And uh, in terms of Monsters... There's a personal favourite of mine, the Fendal, from Image of the Fendal. Okay. I really, I cannot wait to really I, watch Image of I the Fendal. I think I had one of those last time I went to the Indian. <laughs> uh, you got Fenric from The Curse of Fenric. You've got the Foamasi, who um, are a, a race from a story called The Leisure Hive. The Leisure Hive written by a writer by the name of David Fisher. Okay. And genuinely, I think David Fisher is my pick for F. Um, oh, wow. In terms of, like, writer competition, there's not much. You've got Phil Ford, who did Waters of Mars and Into the Dalek. Both very good stories, but, you know, hasn't done much since for um, Doctor Who itself. Though, Wiki here tells me that he was the head writer of Series 2 of the Sarah Jane Adventures. So, um, that's made me even uh, just a smidge 
even more excited to eventually watch those. Um, so, uh, in addition, we've got John Flanagan, who wrote one story, Megloss, which... Uh, uh, and John Flanagan is that rarest of thing, a classic Doctor Who writer with no Wikipedia page. Oh, wow. So he must have done almost nothing else of note. He's made such an impact on the zeitgeist. Yeah, that says something. Um, but David Fisher... I think is one of the most underrated writers of the classic series. He wrote four stories, the stones of blood, the androids of Tara, um, the creature from the pit and uh, the leisure hive. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the first draft of a story which would eventually become the city of death uh, but due to you know various reasons he wasn't able to complete the script and it ended up passing to Douglas Adams and uh, Graham Williams the producer and it became a sort of composite effort with a, with uh, a, a sort of um, created pseudonym so I think the story was, was it David Agnew was the eventual name. Uh, but David Agnew was, was essentially Douglas Adams, Graham Williams and David Fisher all rolled together. Um, right. But, uh, I mean, the the City of Death is held up in fandom as like one of the great stories. Some would argue the best classic story. I would argue it's not. Um like, it's not even close for me, but it's good. Um, don't get me wrong, it is good. I believe you're absolutely slamming City of Death. I know. Hark at that. But I love The Stones of Blood, The Androids of Tyra, and The Leisure Hive. Creature of the Pits, okay, but um, those three in particular. What I love about them is they are all so different, but they are all so funny and interesting and imaginative and well-written they they all just stand out mm-hmm. as real gems of the fourth Doctor era. Um, but he doesn't get talked about in the same way as your Terence Dicks and your Robert Holmeses and your Malcolm Hulks and those, the sort of classic writers who, who get all of the praise. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's David Fisher for me. What about you, Matt? What's your, what is your pick for... Uh, the letter F. I think I might go Five Doctors. Five Doctors? Yeah. yeah. It, you it enjoyed that good one, didn't fun, you? wasn't it? It is. It's a proper romp, that. That, that bit one. where Sarah Jane falls down the hill. Ah, <laughs> uh, as a hoot. Yeah, the tension really got to me there. <laughs> where do you what want are we to... doing? A to Z on news. Mm, up to you, Matt up to you should we do a to z i don't know why i said a to z that was for our american listeners yeah enjoy that listeners <laughs> right uh, so we're up to g this week we are. G. we are yep uh should we just jump straight in uh yeah sure um you you tend to go first so i'll, I'll uh i'll let you crack on do you want some episodes go for it do you want to rate them good or bad like you did last week because i really enjoyed that oh yeah sure all right then Right, gridlock. Good, but not as good as some people say it is. Do you know what? When we got to that, people were telling me it was like a seminal episode. Mm. It's not, is it? It's, it's I mean, solid. It's, it's nice at the end yeah. where they all like the sun comes out, but is it's, that right? Isn't it's. It? I I think it's one of those ones where like if you are just super into 
what RTD does with Doctor Who. It's a very RTD story, so, you know, mileage may vary there. Uh, what about Girl Who Waited? A uh, good episode. What about God Complex? Very good episode. I'm certain I say this every time we talk about yeah. God Complex. What is that episode? I can never remember. Minotaur um, in a hotel. Everybody's That's going nuts. What about Ghost Monument? I I still enjoy that one. It's it's it got okay. its flaws, but it's it's um. It, 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 people, some people are really down on it, but I I, I think it's solid. Uh, do you want some monsters? Sure. Great intelligence. Ah, oh, yeah. Good one. And then I've put guardians, white and black. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, then I've also put the Gelf. Moving on. <laughs> um, Shall we do companions? Yep. I've gone for Graham O'Brien. Yep. Funnily enough, Graham was this week's uh, ban word, but nobody said it. Oh. I thought a lot of people were going to say it. Yeah. I should have picked a more obvious word that literally everyone said, but we'll come to that. Mm-hmm. What about Grace Holloway, the Eighth Doctor's companion? Yeah, sure, I guess. All right. She, well, it's just she only gets the one one story. She doesn't get to make enough of an impression, I don't think. But what a story! <laughs> uh, what what a straight down the middle five out of ten story. <laughs> You've really upset me there, David. <laughs> uh, then I've gone for actors. I've gone for Karen Gillan. Yeah, sure. And Mandip Gill. Yeah. But my submission this week, David. Yeah. It's an episode. You might have noticed I missed one out. I, I was thinking about it, so I think I know what you're going to say. I'm going to go for Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. What? What a cracking story. Is that's I'm presuming that is the at the very least still in your top ten. Yeah, like I just remember that as being one of the very first like good stories. Yeah, it was one of the ones. Is that it I series think, two or three? Series two. Because yeah. you got Rose and Mickey on board the ship. That's right. I just remember like it was just like a touch above other stories around it. I mean, what you got going on there is. Um, you've got Moffat firing on all cylinders, doing his Moffaty stuff. Tennant really in the swing of it by that episode, you know, because this is what is like fifth, sixth story, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and that that dynamic with Rose really firmly established. So because like all of the groundwork has already been laid, been laid. You you feel safe going in this incredibly mad high concept direction with it, um, and I think that's what really helps it to be as impactful as it is. Yeah, yeah, it's just good. It's good. It's just good television, from start to finish, just good. Yeah. Uh, have you got any suggestions um, you want to add? Yeah, well, I might as well mention some of the the classic stories. Um, Galaxy 4, missing, not seen I'm it. saying classic. They're, they're just old. I say this every week. <laughs> you do. Uh, classic implies they're somehow good or of value. Yeah, like a classic car or... Mm. Yeah. Like Bessie herself. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Genesis of the Daleks. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard of that one, Matt. Quite an obscure one. No. <laughs> Uh, you, you know we're going to... Literally, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like one of those I, ones... I, it's, yeah. It's maybe come up in conversation, I don't yeah, know. It's, it's yeah, it's one we're going to have to get around to one of these days. Um, Ghostlight, which is next on my list. I've just finished watching Battlefield. So it is... There'll be a, there'll be a fancy Latin word for it. It's not the penultimate story of, yeah. of old Who... Uh, but it's the one before that. Right. So, um, yeah, not got a lot left to go on, on the McCoy era. And then I'm just going to loop back around and do the lot in order and do all the missing ones. I well, by the time no you finish, we'll probably be pretty much finished. Why don't you just, like, watch Sarah Jane Adventures instead? I want to I, I want to do the pilgrimage, is the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm now comfortable enough with classic who that i want to do the whole lot start to finish listen to the audio for the missing episodes whole shebang i feel like i have to do that at least once in my lifetime okay i'm not here to judge <laughs> right and you know as well i i will just be uh when i complete the the uh, sort of classic who pilgrimage i'll just crack straight on with the modern series as well and just watch those on my spare time yeah, as as long as I don't cross the event horizon and get sucked in, I'll be fine. Yeah, you you do you. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we've also got great greatest show in the galaxy, which I saw not too long ago. Uh, the Green Death, which is a Pertwee story uh, and is a just a banger. Uh, Gunfighters. Uh, that, that's it as far as stories go. Um, I think you've probably mentioned most of the uh, aliens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't mentioned the Grask, have okay. we? Um, which I'm was familiar with the Grask. Well, that's because it was introduced in a BBC Proms video clip, um, and I think went on to appear in Sarah Jane Adventures. Okay. But yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much unfamiliar with the Grask. Um, well, there's also a Grosk, apparently. Death of the Doctor, what's that? What's Death of the Doctor? Oh, that's Sarah Jane Adventures as well. I wonder if it's... Yeah, oh, so it's an intentional... Poem. And, uh, yeah, Guardians, which you already mentioned. So not a lot going on there. Should we talk writers? Why not? Because that's what There's I always no like stopping to do. you. Go on. Um, so we've got Neil Gaiman. Wrote two episodes, one of them good, one of them not. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh... Yeah. That wife of the Doctor, not good. <laughs> uh, we've got Stephen Gallagher, who wrote, I believe, two stories, uh, Warrior's Gate and Terminus, which are both quite... It's like late period um, Fourth Doctor, which is a very strange vibe, his final series. Um, but I don't... I, like, I don't dislike it. It's just a, it's a very very unusual series of Doctor Who that one uh, Matthew Graham who did Fear Her and the Rebel Flesh Almost People two-parter mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Greenhorn who wrote uh, The Lazarus Experiment and the Doctor's Daughter I, I think I know where we're going with your submission <laughs> Time. Uh, we've got Peter Grimwade who wrote Time Flight, Planet of Fire um, 
and possibly one other. Let me just have a quick butchers. I'm on Wikipedia. I, if you can't tell this, yeah, this it's pretty I've obvious. I've just had a think. I think I know where you're going with this. I'm saving the best till last, Matt. Yeah. Mark Gatiss. Yeah. yeah. I think we you can't you can't talk about New Who, especially from a writing angle, and not not include Mark Gatiss in the conversation. You know, um, and I know his his episodes really divide the fandom, but I I think he is the most consistently underrated uh, Doctor Who writer um, of of New Who. You know, I think what I find interesting about him is that there will be episodes where he's where he's aiming for very mainstream Doctor Who. Uh, there are other times when he is entirely just indulging his own whims. Um, and actually, I think he's best when he's doing that, even though those episodes don't always work. I mean, look no further than Sleep No More. You know, an abysmal failure of an episode. But, I mean, it's a heck of a swing. And I would sooner Doctor Who is taking a heck of a swing than just playing it safe and doing mediocre Doctor Who every time. Um, But, yeah, I just think if you look at the range of, you know, he's one of the only guest writers who's kind of done a bit of everything in Doctor Who. He's done experimental, he's done straightforward, he's done historicals, he's done uh, future stories, you know, he's done Earth-based ones. There's there's a lot to be said for what he's contributed to New Who. Apart from anything else, he wrote The Crimson Horror, which is probably my favourite standalone episode of, of Series 7B. Mm-hmm. Um, if only because it is basically a backdoor pilot for a uh, Pat and Oster gang spin-off. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't know whether Gatiss is, is my pick. Oh, I'm glad you've said that after I've written it in my book. Because <laughs> I think it's Gallifrey. Oh, David, you and everyone else. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, isn't it? I mean, just yeah. just look at the episode we're discussing today. What a shadow Gallifrey casts over both Classic Who and New Who. Spin-off media, everything. I think if you are a fan of Doctor Who, capital F fan, the concept of Gallifrey has this allure to it. The idea of a whole race of people both like and unlike the Doctor. You know, same abilities in a lot of ways, same knowledge, but a completely different ethos, mm-hmm. by and large. Uh, I, I think that's fascinating. Um, and whether it's, you know, destroyed or just around and basically just uh, just a bunch of corridors and offices... <laughs> Whether, whether it's in a pocket universe or whatever, I, 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 I do find it a fascinating setting, um, and one that I think has to be used sparingly in the show. But when it's used well, can be terribly effective. 
Yeah, I think I'd second that. So, what about you, Matt? What's What would your pick be? Uh, I've already said, David, it's Girl in the Fireplace. Thanks for listening. Of course. Sorry. Sorry. It's late on a Sunday. It's fine. It's fine. But last week where I couldn't find my tweets, you were like, oh, look what I've got to put up with everyone. (laughs) That's fine. I'm a bigger man. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So... So then, that ties uh, that up for another week. It does. Um, so it's uh, H time... next week. Yeah, I've no idea what I'll be doing for that. I, I mean, I, I might have to do some research. I mean, I won't. I'll just get a couple of wrists up on Wikipedia and wing it like I always do. Yeah, I always just was my way through the list of episodes, but I can't even think of one that starts with H. Um, yeah, there. I might, I might go for Horfen Fifty Five. Ah, that that classic episode, Horfen Fifty Five. Oh, oh, hit takes you away. <laughs> uh, no, just flicking through my book. There aren't any that start with H. I'll work some out. We'll mm. get there. We'll get there. Right, that's enough children's jokes for the week. Shall we move into the A to Z of Doctor Who? Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. We're on H this week, David. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fewer choices than usual, I would have said. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Do you want to rate some episodes as we go? I would love to. We'll start with human nature. Good. Hungry Earth. Uh, yeah, decent. Hide. Very good. Heaven sent. Very, very good. Hell bent. Very good. Husbands of River Song. Is okay, yeah. Haunting of Villa Diodati. Very good. Yeah, strong. Strong week. Yeah, very strong showing for, for H in terms of New Who. Um, of those, what would you say is your favourite, Matt? Uh, heaven Sent, Hell Bent's a good combo. Human Nature's good. Yeah. Um, Husbands of River Song's really silly with Nardole and Greg Davies, but I like mm. the ending. Uh, it's a, it, the, the last 20 minutes is just... Capaldi goes full Capaldi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It might be like some sort of recency bias, but I'd say my least favourite's Haunting of Villa Diodati. Really? You like that less than, say, Hungry Earth? Hungry Earth's great. Yeah, you were surprisingly high on that one, weren't you? Yeah. 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 It's not generally considered to be like a stone-cold classic, but uh, I-, I think it's underrated, certainly. Do you want some um, aliens this week? Yeah, go on. What about the half from the Doctor's Daughter? I like the half. I mean, to be honest, they are a design without much backstory to them. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential with the half. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like them more than I like the Ood. I, I think there's a parallel dimension where the half got that job. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Actually, um, what what about the headless monks from A Good Man Goes to War? 
Yeah, I mean they're not they're, they get the the job done, don't they? Uh, I'm not a fan of the fact that they've just got lightsabers. Yeah, that that feels a bit cheeky. Now to make a decision for this week, David. Yeah, I looked to the Doctor. Yeah, and I thought we've got William Hartnell, obviously very very important, and we've got John Hurt. Yeah. And it was a toss-up between them. But I'm going to say that the probably the best incarnation of the Doctor is Richard Herndall. <laughs> From the just Five some, Doctors. Yeah, just an old bloke just phoning it in for a, for a quick yeah. paycheck. Yeah, so like, I, I really respect that. No, I, I think I'm going to go for John Hurt. Yeah. Just because, like, in my experience, my story of watching Doctor Who, that was a big shocker that I didn't see coming. I had yeah. no idea that there was this, like, mysterious other Doctor. It turns out now, now we're at bloody timeless children, there's thousands of the bastards. <laughs> but at the time, yeah. I was just like, Brilliant. I'm all in. It is a great reveal. And just the perfect way to get you hyped for the 50th anniversary. Yeah, especially the way they do it. Because it goes, introducing John Hurt. And I was like, oh Christ, he's in it. And then it goes, as the Doctor. Yeah. You know, just all in for that. It is wonderfully done. And... You know what? Um, some people are down on it. I'm going to stick up for the the box sets he did for Big Finish. Um, mm-hmm. Then you know, not every episode is an absolute ten out of ten, but it's a really solid set. And also, kind of the legacy of that character, you know, now being played by Jonathan Carley. I've actually picked up the first couple of uh, box sets of uh, the War Doctor Begins. I just really like the War Doctor as a character. Um, as an incarnation. Um, Just whilst we're talking Big Finish, yeah. obviously, by now, by the time this episode comes out, my review of the Lady Christina box set will be out. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. what did you think of my review, David? Um, I enjoyed it. To be honest, I I, I, I genuinely did listen to it. I was like, oh, I should... Oh, I thought... I, I was joking, because obviously it hasn't released at the time we're recording yeah. this. But no, I but I can I can just listen to it because you uploaded it onto the uh, yeah. onto the podcast platform, um, so I have actually listened to it, Matt. Wow! <laughs> um, and because I was like, oh, I'm going to get spoilers here, and because I am going to listen to them at some point, I was like, ah, no, I can't be bothered. I'm curious to see what Matt makes of it. Um, the thing about Big Finish, right, is. Even when they're they're working with, you know, offcuts like Lady yeah. Christina, they hire really good writers. They make the actors feel really welcome and make it a very pleasant working environment for them. And uh their sound designers are second to none. So they yeah. they are just very, very good at what they do. Were, were you surprised I enjoyed it? Um, I wasn't sure because I was like, I, I wasn't sure how much you were just going to get on board with, you know, audio drama as a format because it is it is different, you know. Yeah. 
but if I find if you either I either listen to them in bed or if I'm doing something where I can keep my hands busy, like you know washing up or whatever, um, and I get I find them so immersive. Do you not do what I do, where you load it into your PC and spend four hours watching the little bar go across the screen? Because <laughs> I don't own a CD player. The only thing I could think would play them was my PC. So I just sat staring at my PC screen. No, I just uh, buy them all digitally and listen to them on the uh, Big Finish app. Right. Well, the curse is lifted because those CDs are at your house now. So, mm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, uh, have you got some H's? I do have, yes, yeah. So let's start by sort of uh, covering the classic H's, which you which you didn't cover. Um, so we've got The Hand of Fear, which is uh, Sarah Jane's final story. Um, it's not the best, but the, the ending's really nice. Um, Happiness Patrol, which is a Seventh Doctor story I watched fairly recently. Quite enjoyed it. Um what else have we got? The Highlanders, which I've never seen because I think it is either partially or fully missing. It's one of the gaps that I need to fill. Uh, but it is the episode that introduces Jamie. Yeah. Well, that might come up in listener tweets. Ooh. Um, we've got the Horns of Nymon, which is on our to-do list. Uh, was it? Mark from All of Time and Space. Yeah, yeah. Requested Horns of Diamonds, so we've got that to look forward to. Horror of Fang Rock, which is uh, which is a belter. I've heard of that one. Everyone yeah. bangs on about that. Yeah. Uh, you know what, as well? It's one that I, I really like. Um, Big Finish for the Eighth Doctor did um, an episode that's got nothing to do with it, I think. I've not actually listened to it yet, but... It, um, uh, called Horror of Glamrock. Uh, right, okay. Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a fun little play I on that. I see what they did there, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's about it for the uh, for classic stuff. So as you say, it's, it's, not, it's not as much to get your teeth into, is there? Um, so in terms of writers, who have we got? We've got... Uh, Mervyn Hazeman, who wrote the two original Great Intelligence slash Yeti stories, um, which are pretty pivotal pivotal for the second Doctor. Um, we've got Peter Harness, who, I mean, say what you like about his episodes, they're never boring. Mm-hmm. He's always taking big risks as a writer, and I think that's interesting. Um he wrote, obviously, Kill the Moon, the Zygon two-parter, Pyramid at the End of the World. You know, um, an interesting writer, I think. Um, you've got uh, Brian Hales, who wrote uh, the Peladon stories, um, all the original Ice Warrior stories. One of those, just like, he, do- he doesn't get talked about in the same way as some of the classic writers, but in terms of the black and white era in particular, quite a, quite a pivotal figure, really. Um, Ed Heim, who wrote It Takes You Away and Orphan 55. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a target on his back as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, 
you got Don Houghton who did Inferno and in the Mind of Evil, uh, Evil, um, Malcolm Hulk, who is responsible for, you know, some absolute you know bangers of stories, um, most notably he co-wrote uh, the War Games with Terence Dix, which is one that we will be doing one day, uh, but you can't talk about. Uh, classic Doctor Who writers and not mention Robert Holmes. Okay. Robert Holmes, I believe, is responsible for more episodes of Doctor Who than any other classic writer. Right. In total, he wrote, uh, according to this Wikipedia list, I don't know how they've worked it out, 15.5, possibly because of a co-write. Um, and uh a total of 64 episodes not bad classic not bad. and there are some there are some real classics in there um you know ones that are really highly regarded to this day um but you know as much as i always want to go with the writers on this occasion i'm going to be obvious and say hartnell Oh, David, that's week, this I'm, week's block word. Well, I don't care, Matt. I don't care. It's got to be Hartnell. You know, without Hartnell, we're not sat here doing this today. It's that simple. Yeah, it's his you fault. Know. It He's is. to blame. Blame Hartnell. <laughs> um, but, you know, his dedication to making that role work um would you remember when i forget when i when i when i did it i i read a, an extract from an interview mm-hmm. um i think it was a letter in fact that he sort of wrote to a child who who sent him some questions in the post and he described what his working week was like on on doctor who yeah and it was absolutely mental yeah grueling just grueling, sheer bloody hard work. And the end result is a timeless performance that captured the imagination of children all over the UK and indeed other parts of the English speaking world as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, and, and also kind of there was even though his exit was not you know the the most uh oh what's the word i'm looking for you know it was abrupt yes and not and out of his hands to a large extent but from from all all i can understand he he approached it with just graciousness and humility and embraced being the first in what would turn out to be a long line of actors uh, to portray this part. And I think, you know, we're talking about the timeless children today. So what better time to be kind of, at the very least, tipping the hat to the legacy for the man who started it all. So, yeah, it's got to be Hartnell. Right. 
Well, let me just put that on. I do have a little list of everything yeah. that we say every week. Uh, my, mine's a lot more grounded in you who than yours. Understandable. Except, except for that week where I said the five doctors because I, I love Herndon and his performance. <laughs> it is captivating, to be fair. Wow, what a great podcast. So that is the first of our three compilation episodes which ties together the A to Z of Doctor Who. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. I'm not entirely certain when the next episode will be out. As I say, we're recording this about nine months in advance. So when it's out, it's out. Enjoy. I will talk to you later. And as David always says, thank you so much for listening. Cheerio. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.